What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I'm here with Casey, and we are discussing the return of The Walking Dead Season 11. Yay! And also, boo, because it's the last season finale that we'll get from the flagship show. (sighs) Bittersweet. It is bittersweet. But they came back with a vengeance. This episode was amazing. There were some differences to it. They shot things a little bit differently. There was a lot of tension, a lot of turmoil. If this is how they come in with the first episode, we have a lot to look forward to in this final season. And we're getting 24 episodes. So it's an extended season from what we usually get, which is great which means it also drags out the end for us. But woo, okay, I don't, I don't know if I can deal with this Maggie and Negan tension for the next 24 episodes. <laughs> this was nuts. Yeah. But we needed, the tension that's in this episode needs to happen. Yep. Because the way that it ended last season, they really didn't talk to each other. They just gave each other looks. You know, it was just look, 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 look. So they they haven't had a chance to discuss anything. Her feelings, his feeling, you know, we know she's, you know, he killed her husband. So, I mean, for her, there's no coming back from that. Right. But there still hasn't been a conversation because other than the one she had with Carol, you know, that I let him out and he helps us, yep. you know, beat the whispers, but they they themselves have not had a conversation about any of it so all the tension that they have we got some conversation this time what (laughs) conversation on conversation girl well (laughs) after what he said to warrant that punch he he deserved it who so the way that they start this episode out First of all, visually, it's a lot different because it's dark and we see we see Daryl with his angel vest and it's kind of like dark, but it's illuminated. And what we find out is that they're on top of a they're on top of the I don't know if it was like a warehouse, if it was some kind of facility. But in the last season, Daryl came into contact with some walkers that were military And so apparently he has figured out where these walkers came from, because remember, that was one of our questions. We were like, where the hell did they come from? You know, they still had all their guns on them. They still had ration packs on them. So we were just kind of like, where did these people come from? So apparently Daryl has figured out where this warehouse or this facility is, and they are on a mission, I guess, to see what is there. So you have... Elijah from Maggie's group, you have Daryl, you have Alden, you have Jerry. And then what they're doing is they are lowering the women down kind of like Mission Impossible style, which is cool because we get to see the women in action this time. So you have Carol, Maggie, Kelly, Magna, Lydia, and Rosita. So we have the six of them and they're they're on this recon mission. So they get lowered in. And when you look inside from the top, there are all of these bodies, you know, the military crew. And, and it's so weird the way that we're introduced to them because 
they're all there laying out. Like apparently they haven't reanimated from the time that they died or they just kind of sat there. I don't know. But you kind of see when they open up the roof, There, there's a window on the roof that they open up and visually you get to see the dust in the air as the air kind of goes into the room. And I thought that was really cool because we don't usually get to see things like that. And it was one of those things where Mm-mm. the dust is coming down and you see it go across the walker's face. And so the walker kind of stirs a little bit. He opens his eyes and then he closes his eyes and he goes back dormant. And I was like, this is so weird. You know, we're 11 years into this series now. So anytime that they do something different with the walkers, you have to take note because it's so different. Just like when we got the whispers and we didn't know what the hell was going on with them. We were like, wait, what are the walkers evolving? Are they changing? It was kind of that way with this too. It's like, he just sat up, you know, he growled a little bit and it's almost like he went back to sleep. I was like, that's so weird. It was so weird, but You have the women, they come down and they're on their tippy toes and they're being very quiet because they don't want to disturb this nest because there's like dozens of walkers in this place on the ground. And so they go into another room and they're in shift. So Carol is keeping watch on the main room where they came in. And then Maggie, Magna and Kelly, they go in further into one of the storage rooms and Maggie is keeping watch at the door while Kelly and Magna go in and try to see what's in the crates. And in the crates are all of these MRE packets. Like if they were able to get all of this stuff out, they would be able to feed all of Alexandria. But of course they can't really take all of it out because one, they're all in crates And there's only a few of them. And again, they had to lower themselves in from the roof. So it's not like you can take a whole bunch of heavy stuff. Plus you have all the little dead people that's sitting around that you're trying not to wake up. (laughs) Right. So what happens is they get some of the backpacks that they have. They fill them. They put them on the pulleys and the guys are up on the roof pulling them up. And then what happens is the rope to one of one of the pulleys breaks And as Daryl reaches to grab the rope so that the bag doesn't just plop down on the ground and wakes up all the walkers, he cuts himself on the pulley. And then again, another one of these visually different things that we're seeing, you see the drop of blood leave his arm and we get to follow the drop of blood as it falls down and hits a walker in the face. And of course, this wakes up the walker. He wakes up the other walkers. We're in some shit. So this is where we get to see the images that we saw from preseason in the promos because the guys are all up on the roof. So we've got all the women in the group (laughs) down in this hornet's nest and they are fighting and they are protecting each other. And we're seeing moves from them. And I was sitting there like, yes, yes, yes. Yes, it was so cool to watch that because we don't get to see them together like that. You know, it's always a mixed group or you see a few here, a few there. But to see Rosita and Carol and Maggie and Kelly and Magna and Lydia and all of them are fighting together. They're fighting. It's very coordinated. It's almost like, yeah, you you can tell they've been through some shit because they've actually they've got good timing with each other and. It was just amazing to watch. I was like, yes, let's showcase 
these strong, badass women. Yeah, and it also lets you know, even in the apocalypse, women be running it. You know what? They was running some things, but yeah, we were in some danger still because there's only so much you can do. They came in with their bows and arrows because you're trying not to make noise because again, you have all these walkers. So they're using their bows and arrows. They've used them up. So now they're having to come out with the knife play and they're trying to get this food up to the guys. And the guys, of course, they can't come, right. They can't come down because who's going to lift them all up if they do. So there's a little bit of this mix of you have them fighting and then as they start clearing some of the walkers, they start going up in shifts. And then the last couple that are down there are Maggie and Carol because they have found rounds of ammo and machine guns. So they're sitting there killing most of the walkers. Maggie goes up. Carol Mm -hmm. is the last one down. She's getting ready to go up. And then she sees another crate of the MREs and she goes to him. And I'm sitting here like, Carol, come on, what are you doing? She's so excellent. And of course, like, so well, here's the thing. <laughs> I thought that too, because we know the last couple of seasons, Carol has not been making the best of decisions. And I'm sitting here like, dude, everybody else is out safe. You need to get up on that thing. So she goes to get some more of the packets and Daryl has to throw his knives to kind of keep walkers from getting at her. And she grabs the bag. She grabs the knife. She gets back up. They're all there. And now the walkers are sitting there looking at them. There's no way for them to get anything else. So like I said, at first I was looking like, Carol, please don't start out this season making stupid decisions again. But (laughs) when they get back to Alexandria, we find out why she was so adamant about getting that. They're starving. You know, we have to remember The whisperers pretty much ran through the neighborhood. They destroyed the wall. They destroyed a lot of the houses. They destroyed all of the crops. So they're trying to feed themselves. And from what they say, they've taken on people from two other communities. And I'm guessing these are some of Maggie's people. And of course, you know, Hilltop. So they have more people, they have more mouths to feed and there's not enough food. So that's why Carol was trying to get more of what they went to get. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to be nice about Carol and not jump to conclusions (laughs) at the beginning of this season. Because after last season, I was kind of like, I really had gotten to the point where I was almost done with Carol. I was like, okay, you're Dumbass decisions trying to go after Alpha almost cost Connie and Magna their lives in the cave, which Magna came back. The crew still don't have any idea that Connie is alive. We're the only ones that know. They don't know. So she made that decision. She, um, you know, it was, she just did a lot of stuff last season that made me want to like, just shake her. So I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be a little bit nicer about Carol this season because she would, she was trying to get more food for the people. I mean, I get it, but you also have to always realize, which she's lucky as hell. Daryl has her back the way he does because the way he was chucking them knives, make sure his boo-boo girl got up out of there, but still you don't want to put your people. In that but they're still place. not talking to each other. You notice? Yeah. Cause you, you know, when she gave him his knives back, I was like, Oh, that was sweet. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, 
she had to think about like, okay, I got to give him his knives because those have been Daryl's right and left hand for the last season and a half. Like you always see him with those knives and he gave those up to try to save you, even though after last season, they are not really on speaking terms right now, or they're not really on good terms right now. So, I mean, even, even at the beginning of the episode, when Daryl turned around so that they can start on this mission and you you saw a shot of Carol and then they panned it to Daryl and Daryl was kind of looking at her out the side of his eye but he didn't say nothing to her it wasn't like a friendly exchange she was just almost looking at her like I don't even know why you're here it was it was it was weird well I'm gonna have to go back and look at that part I didn't see that he gave her a real weird side eye so and I'm like okay Daryl, I know y'all are still fighting and stuff but it's just so weird girl you gotta go back and watch because I'm catching all the stuff I'm catching the Daryl side eye I caught Heath on the the paper in the commonwealth girl I'm gonna need you to pay attention (laughs) I mean I was saying like Heath thing that flew past by so quick I wouldn't have seen that because even remember, even when you tried to catch it with the little paws, it went pat by so fast. It did. It did. So that one, what that one, I, I'm legit. But it's that. getting to the point now where with The Walking Dead, I'm trying to pay attention to every little right. thing. <laughs> right. Because you just don't know what, what, yeah. you don't miss because you don't know what's like and they so good at putting like little easter eggs in mm-hmm. like they are so good at that so yeah if you don't pay you gonna miss something you 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 are going to miss something i'm not trying to miss nothing this season i want to catch everything i don't care everything i don't care if i have to watch it five or six well i may not have time to watch it five or six times but you get what i'm saying <laughs> i'm like really trying to pay attention especially because like i said you've noticed since COVID and then with this season, you know, I think for this season, they said they went back to a regular shooting schedule because when they started filming during the pandemic, it was only a limited number of casts on the set and limited number of staff on the set. So that's why we got those little abbreviated kind of character focused episodes at the end of season 10, because they really couldn't have a lot of people. So apparently they're back to full production now. So we are going to start seeing bigger sets, the bigger picture with more people, more of the communities, but the style of their filming, it looks different. And I'm loving it, but now it's making me really be like, okay, what do I need to pay attention to? What am I going to miss? Is this going to be important? I'm just, I'm, I'm looking now. And that's how I caught the heat thing because I know, and I know we're going to get to it later on in the episode, but just in case people are listening, like what heat thing. So towards the end of the episode, when Ezekiel and that group are trying to escape from the Commonwealth. There is a board outside that has the wall of the loss. And it says something about if any of these people show up or basically it gives the impression that if any of these people show up, they are to be given immediate admittance into the Commonwealth. And as they're looking at these various pictures and notes on the wall, they showcase this in the promo for season 11. And a lot of fans pointed out that oh, Yumiko is going to get Michonne's story from the comics because apparently in the comics, Michonne was the one who was in the Commonwealth and there was somebody that was connected to her family member or something that was looking for her and she saw it. 
Of course, Michonne is not in the show at this point. So that storyline is going to Yumiko. And we see that Yumiko's apparently, I think, brother or sister, I couldn't tell. Um, I don't know the name was, I think it was Tommy, but it was T-O-M-I. So that could be either brother or sister um, is looking for her. And so I was like, okay, this is cool. And I was amazed that fans actually spotted that just during the trailer. So while I'm watching the episode and they're looking, they're kind of panning the camera over the wall, looking at different pictures, there is a piece of paper stuck in the upper right hand corner of the screen and the name on the paper says Heath Mm. now y'all know Casey and I (laughs) (laughs) we have been saying that we don't think Heath is dead Heath is out there somewhere in the world and they're gonna bring him back this season like we have been saying this and now this piece of paper for me just it's like it confirms it. I know that's probably not going to happen because how in the hell would Heath get from Oceanside to wherever the Commonwealth is? I don't even remember what city the Commonwealth is in, but how would he even get there? But I'm holding on to that little sliver of hope that is Heath's name on a piece of paper in the Commonwealth. Somebody is looking for him just like Casey and I are looking for him and they're going to find him, damn it. I don't care if it's the last 10 minutes of the last episode of the last... (laughs) We're going to get to Heath back. I just need to see that bad wig and be like, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That was the worst wig. That wig is so bad. I just need to see that bad wig and be like, okay, there you go. Right. They they have they can't. That's one of those things. Like we as outside people know he went to go to 24 and you know all that. But in the walking dead world, you can't like he you just disappeared. You can't leave anybody out there. The same way they ended up bringing Morales back. Remember, everybody's like, where's Morales? Where's Morales? Remember him his family went off. Right. People have wondered where Morales was since he left. And, and as seasons went on, seasons went on, the question was, where's Morales? They ended up bringing him back as a savior, but and he lasted, what, 20 minutes in that episode? He didn't either- last 20 minutes. He was in there for five minutes before Daryl put an arrow through his head. Yeah, well, damn. We're trying to give him time. But anyway, you know, <laughs> if, if, even if they only bring him back for five minutes, they have to close off that string. You can't just leave us dangling. That'll be a dangling string. They're not going to leave us with a dangle. I have a feeling that even though this is the end of the show, they're still going to leave us with some cliffhangers. You think? I just, yes. Yes. I think well, it's going to happen. Well, that's because it's the end of this main show, but it's not the end of series. The, the, end of right, of the Walking Dead so universe. Right. So they have so to, yeah, right. mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's going to be open-ended they, they in some always, way, shape, form, or fashion. So, yeah. Yeah, because they could always, you know, put it on Daryl and them show. That's true. But just give me Heath and no one has to get hurt. <laughs> Drop the Heath and no one will be hurt. <laughs> but we'll come back to the Commonwealth later. So... When they come back from gathering these rations, of course, there's some tensions in Alexandria because people are still trying to put the community back together. People are starving. Um, There's a fight that breaks out and 
Gabriel has to put a stop to it. And he tells them, we don't have to fight. There's plenty of food. And then the next shot is one week. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not plenty of food, Gabriel. I don't, I don't like that. Your idea of plenty and my idea of plenty is, is obviously different. I know he was just trying to keep people from fighting, but yeah, so this is where they are. They have about a week's worth of food left. Like Daryl says, all of the animals have been scared away from the herd. So there's no animals for them to hunt. Mm-hmm. Beta and all of the whispers completely destroyed the crops. So they have no food growing. And I don't even think the ground is, you know, I don't even think they can grow anything with the way the ground is right now. So yeah, there's some urgency with the group right now. And this is where we learn a little (laughs) bit of Maggie's story. What's happened to her, not maybe in the whole six years that she's been gone, but at least more recently. So she tells them that she knows a place that has plenty of food, plenty of water, has resources. And it's the place that she was in before she came back to Alexandria. And the name of the place is Meridian. And what happened is the Ravagers, who we learned about in the back half of season 10, Mm -hmm. they came and took over Maggie's community. Basically, what they do is they come by night, they slaughter everybody in the community and they take over. Maggie and a few of her people happened to be out on a mission. They were trying to draw a herd away from the community. And Maggie and a couple of people were headed back when they heard the screams. And when they found out what happened, they had to flee for their lives. And so she puts it to them that Meridian has everything that we need. They came and took it from us. They can't have large numbers because one of them came after us in the woods. Daryl was with me. He was there when he died. He, but that guy was by himself. Why? Their numbers are low. We can go in and take it from them the way they took it from us. And then we'll have enough to feed Alexandra. Now, y'all can't see this, but Casey's giving me this look. And I had the same look on my face when she said this. I was like, okay, I remember another time when y'all said that the numbers were low and y'all could go in and take them and there would be nothing, you know, nothing else to do about it. Hmm. When was that? Oh, maybe when they attacked Negan's outpost, thinking that, oh, all we have to do is kill those people and we'll be good. And you didn't realize Negan had thousands of people in his community. So already I'm not liking where this is seeming to go, but Maggie's trying to figure out a way for everybody to survive. And, you know, Aaron even says it to her. He was like, so you mean to tell me you're about to leave the go chase ghosts? And she was like, do you have a better plan? She was like, look, my son is here now. I have skin in this game. We have to get these people fed. We have to be able to survive. Because one thing we do know, if people start starving and nothing gets resolved or, you know, they can't find a way to feed everyone, there's going to start being some tension. There's going to start being more fights and there's going to be chaos. And we can't have that. Things are already hard for them right now. Right. They don't even have a good wall up because of what the whisperers did. And like Aaron says, it's not a matter of if the walkers would get in. It's when When. Mm -hmm. they need to be able to protect themselves. And they can't do that if they're starved and hungry because hungry men, hungry women, 
that makes for weak men and weak women. Mm -hmm. You can't fight on an empty stomach. You can't build or rebuild on an empty stomach. You can't do the things that you need to do. So at this point, even though it's kind of like a suicide mission, as Rosita calls it, they have to try to go and retake Maggie's old home so that they can get these resources. And Daryl volunteers, so does Gabriel and a couple of others, but Carol, Rosita, and Aaron decide to stay behind. So the next scene we see is a larger group and Negan is part of the group which is weird, but we find out that it's because Negan was from DC. He knows the area, so he will be able to help them maneuver getting back to Meridian. So this starts a very, okay, so. (laughs) You don't even know how to do it. (laughs) I don't even know how to start with this because, okay, first of all, it's storming. They're walking in the rain. They're trying to get to Meridian and Negan suggests that they take a break. He's like, we can't keep going in this. We need to take a break. And of course you hear kind of murmurs of dissent. No asshole. We're going to keep on going, blah, blah, blah. And Dara's like, no, he's right. We can't do this. We got to find some shelter. So they find an old subway station and they go down into the subway station and they're getting ready to go through the subway station. And Negan is like, yeah, we shouldn't do this. And everybody starts Nobody asked you, or we're going to go, oh, are you scared to go? Do you not want to go? And that's what Maggie says. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to go. He was like, we don't know what's down here. And they're all like, okay, whatever. We're going to go anyway. And as he's standing there on the platform and they're jumping down to the platform, everybody's like bumping him and they're pushing him. I'm like, what are y'all 12? Right. You know, and just just one thing I noticed In this episode, even from the beginning, ever since Maggie has come back, and granted, a lot of Maggie's people were with them in this group, but since Maggie has come back, our group still has some hostility towards Negan. He's never been part of the group, okay? But there was a little, I won't say necessarily a thaw, but there was kind of a grudging acceptance Mm -hmm. of him being part of the group. I mean, this man is responsible for you guys being alive right now because he killed Alpha. So, you know, I'm not saying they have to be nice to him, but the overall hostility that was shown to him through this episode, I noticed was magnified. And I know that had Mm -hmm. to do with Maggie being there. And I, I do have some thoughts on that that we'll talk about later on as we get further into the episode. But yeah, I was just kind of like, so you guys are being really mean to this guy. This really helped you, y'all. And, and he didn't look like he wanted to be there. And you notice like as they were walking through the tunnels, he was saying certain little things that had me question like, what the hell are you talking about? Because like he asked Daryl, he said something about, um, can I talk to you a moment? And Daryl's like, why? Because we're buddies. And he turns around and walks off and he's like, oh, so you're in on it. I was like, what is he talking about? Then as you watch the episode and as you watch them going through the tunnels, having conversations, the way that he is looking at them, like he's looking at Maggie or he's looking at a couple of people from her group and the way they're looking at him. And he just has this look on his face like he's resigned to something. And I was like, he thinks they're going to kill him down here. 
And then he confirmed that later on in the episode in this big blow up that happens between him and Maggie. But I was like, oh, he really thinks that they're bringing him down here to die. And we get down into the subway. It starts getting creepy because there's air going through the pipes and it's making this really loud creaking noise. I thought something was, I, I thought they were about to be crushed. So did I. Like that creaking noise. I'm sorry. Had it been me. And I heard that I would have been like, I understand what you're saying about it's just air, but we are living in a zombie apocalypse and I don't know what this shit might be. Yeah. Deuces. And we don't have the best of luck. We don't have a good street going. And I said that in the beginning when that damn, you, you on the perfect mission. All your walkers are dormant. A raggedy ass piece of blood awakened. What is the likelihood? Like dropped <laughs> right on the walker's eye. Like you couldn't, you couldn't hit, like that blood couldn't be directed to a spot five feet over on the floor. But I don't think it would have made any difference because the walker would have smelled blood. It would have stirred them anyway. But my thing was when that happened, and I don't know if it was just that they weren't paying attention or of course they probably couldn't see that a blood drop fell. Okay. I'm, I'm going right. to, I do realize that, but they were paying so much attention trying to see if anything was moving or waking up. The moment you heard that thing move, someone should have been on him with a knife to keep it from waking up everybody else. Right. Or at that point, while they're still on the ground, I, I don't even know what waking up, reanimating, whatever, the, whatever the term is you want to call it. As they see that though, that's starting to happen, y'all should have been on them while they were on the floor. Right. Shroom, 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 shroom. Like they don't wait till they get up and start walking. Right. Like, why weren't you doing this? I was like, okay, you know what? I realized they have to give us some tension. This is the walking dead. They was giving but I'm sitting here like, y'all were quiet enough trying to hear if anything was stirring. Y'all should have heard that one. Somebody could have gotten over there really quick, paid attention. Y'all could have spread out and just made sure. I mean, even, and I, I realized they were trying not to disturb him in the first place, but here's the thing. If you would have gone ahead while they were all there on the ground, just like Kelly and Magna did with the two that were in the storage room. Y'all could have stuck those knives in those skulls, made quick work of it, killed all of them. And then you would have been clear to come back multiple times to get all of the supplies. But now you can't do that. And it's just a waste because that food is just sitting there and you can't even do anything about it. They're going to have to find a way to go back and get it. I mean, yeah, they got to because there's no food. There, there is a way to go back and get it. I mean, they've done. Was it the um? Remember, it it was back a couple seasons when Bob was there, and they went to the college or whatever, and got well, where Bob ended up finding some drink. But you know, they went into the college. <laughs> and, yeah, but you um, see how that turned out too. Yeah, yeah, because they ended up getting chased out because they got surrounded. And yeah, Bob almost died because he was trying to get his alcohol. But anyway, but yeah, I see what I know what you're saying, but 
I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way because like I said, there's no food and we know that there's food there or, you know, those those military packs. So they they're going to have to. But it was just it didn't make any sense to me. And then just like in this tunnel, what happens is they come up to a long stretch of dead people wrapped in plastic. First of all, that's suspect enough. How do bodies get there? And they're wrapped neatly heads almost severed but not severed to the point where they don't reanimate and i mean negan is pointing shit out he's like okay you see that water line that means that this tunnel floods in the rain why are we in the subway because it's storming outside and all of this stuff is happening negan is like you know what that sound is that's god telling us to turn around and gabriel says you know i don't know because here's the thing if i'm god in this situation negan is the only person that's making sense right now everybody else is like okay we're gonna go on this suicide mission to try to you know we're gonna walk through these rows and rows and rows of dead walkers and we're going to kill them all except for the one big one that got out and almost killed gage and then who goes to gage's rescue negan Negan. and that's where we have the confrontation with him and maggie because he points out he's like look she brought me down here to kill me at i guess he feels like he has nothing to lose at this point because he just saved this kid or you know i say kid he's like probably early 20s or whatever and he's basically like you know what i'm not sticking around for this you guys are walking into suicide da 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 he was like she's been acting like a dictator since we got down here talking about maggie because apparently she's the one that's in charge of this mission he's like yeah i'm not staying around here for this i'm about to go so one of maggie's people says just let him go he's supposed to be helping us but all he's doing is slowing us down and maggie says we can't we need him he knows the city and negan is like oh is that why i'm here I'm your DC tour guy. What? Nobody down here know how to read a goddamn map. And I was like, oh, here's the Negan we know and hate because he's the smart ass. But he's going to, you know, we had this conversation in the car headed to Sonoya. Casey and I went to Nick Herman's to have dinner and to watch the premiere with some other Walking Dead fans, even though we had both seen the premiere already. But one thing about Negan, you can hate him all you want for the things that he has done. But one thing about him is he does not bullshit. He's going to give it to you straight. He's going to give it to you Mm -hmm. blunt. And he's going to mean exactly what he says. I mean, if you really think about everything that we've seen of Negan since he's been introduced in the show, Negan has not lied once. Everything that he Mm -hmm. has done, everything he has said has been what he said that he was going to do. And so at this point, he's like, oh, you think she brought me down here to be tour guide? No, she brought me down here to die. And everybody's looking like, what? And he looks at Daryl. He was like, yeah, if we get through this, I'm not coming back. I don't know how it's going to happen. He was like, she's going to find a way. She's going to find a reason. And she's going to kill me herself away from the prying eyes of Alexandra here in the jungle. And 
he looks at Darren. He was like, I really thought you were in on it, but I can tell by the glazed look in your eyes that you didn't know either. And I'll, like I said, all <laughs> of them are looking like, what are you talking about? You know? And that's when he was like, look, this guy almost died, you know, because that's the thing that starts it off after this Walker gets loose and almost kills Gage and Negan saves him. Maggie looks at him and then she says, pay attention so that that doesn't happen again. He's like, pay attention. Exactly. What are we supposed to be paying attention to? Like, what the fuck do you think we're doing? Alden says, you don't give a damn about this kid. He was like, no, she doesn't give a damn about this kid. Right. You know, and that's when he starts calling her out about all this. And Daryl's like, you're paranoid. He's like, but I'm right. He said, y'all want to put your lives in her hands? By all means, be my guest. He was like, but her. OK, this is where it starts getting good, because, again, he's telling the truth, but he went a little bit too far. He was like, you guys want to put your lives in her hands go right ahead. But her head is not in the game because I have been living in her head rent free. Rent free. Oh my God. I was like, oh. That was a clutch to pearls moment. I was like, oh, this is about to get uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, I've been living in her head rent free. But Maggie, let me tell you, me dying on your terms is not about to happen. Not today, not here. And the way Maggie is just looking at him, she's like, oh, he's calling me out. But he says, how about we just do this right here, right now? Just get her done. Because I'm not going to let you drag me through the mud, filth and slime to put me down like a dog, like Glenn was. I was like, I paused my TV. My eyeballs got so big. <laughs> because I honestly didn't think he was going to go yes. there. Daryl punched the shit out of him, but I was, I had to pause my TV like, why the fuck did he do it? But you know what? When I think about it, I kind of sort of understand why he did it. Because ever since Maggie got back to Alexandria, they have been tiptoeing around each other, you know? Carol tried to get rid of him. Mm. She tried to put him in um, Leah's old cabin in the woods. I think that was hers. She tried to Mm. send him away so he wouldn't be there while Maggie was there. And Negan was like, no, I'm not going to do this. He comes back to the community. So they've been having to live around each other. And there's this increased tension. And I think at this point, Negan is like, okay, look, if this is going to happen, it needs to happen. But I feel like Maggie probably would not have made a move until she was provoked. And I think that was him just basically like, okay, you know what? Let's get this over with because if she's going to kill me, let it be done. I think Negan at this point is tired of like tiptoeing. He's, you know, he's been an mm-hmm. active member of the community, whether that was begrudgingly or not. He has been doing what he needs to do. He's helping to rebuild. Mm-hmm. He helped save them from Alpha. I mean, think about it. He could have thrown in his lot with Alpha and stayed there. She had gotten to the point where she trusted him. Right. He could have been her second. Beta probably would not have liked it or would not have allowed it. But I mean, he got close enough to Alpha that he slept with her. Yes. He didn't have to come back and deal with what he's dealing with with Alexandria. He didn't. So I think at this point, he's just kind of like, okay, 
either y'all are going to kill me or not. But at some point, this has to be resolved. So let's go. So he says that. And I was just like, oh, <sighs> I was like, he's dead. He, he's, he's dead. He's dead. So Daryl punches him. And then Maggie comes to him. And I thought she was about to shoot that. She says, we're down here because up top is death. We're moving fast because our kids are starving. And I'm calling the shots because that's how everyone voted. As for me killing you, it's always on my mind. She was like, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong about me because you aren't. The woman who you knew from six years ago, I'm not that I'm not that person anymore. She says there's a small piece of her left in me. And that's the only reason why you are still here. (laughs) She was like, so push me, Negan, please. I was like, oh, you know what? And, and he couldn't do nothing but just look at her because I think at this point he was like, okay, she could have killed me, but she's not. Okay. Hmm. But at the same time, I was like, <laughs> how are y'all going to get through the rest of this mission? Because he basically just called her out on her bullshit to everyone. Mm-hmm. And she just called his bullshit. You know, she just called him on it. Like, okay, yeah, you called me out, but here, I ain't scared of you. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, that's probably what I planned. But let me let you understand. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, Negan, I don't think this is a wasp nest that you want to mess with at all. But it so this is the thing about the whole Maggie and Negan situation. And we've had this conversation. And this is something that as I've rewatched the series over the last year during COVID, you know, knowing how things end up gives you the opportunity to go back and look at things with a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I understand we don't like Negan. We don't like Negan because he took people that were important to us as fans that were important to our group the group that we follow the group that we love mm-hmm. as family he took glenn he took abraham he took a couple of the other people but the thing is if you think about some of the stuff that rick and maggie and the group have done over the years you know there's there's always this um There's this saying that I believe Negan said at one point, and I believe someone else said it as well. Um, I think maybe the governor, but the saying is you might be the villain in someone else's story, or you're not always the hero in someone else's story, you know? Right. And if you think about it, so yeah, Negan came after them. He singled them out. He killed Abraham. And then because Daryl attacked him, he killed Glenn. But then you have to ask like deeper questions. Why were they in that circle in the first place? Why was Negan coming after them? Mm-hmm. He was coming after them because they killed almost a hundred people at one of his outposts for Gregory, for the hilltop. And that was something Maggie put into motion. Mm-hmm. You know, when they first became aware of the hilltop, when they met Jesus and he brought them back and they found out about Gregory's deal with the saviors and what they were doing as far as, you know, we're giving them half of our crops and they leave us alone, blah, blah, blah. Maggie was the one who came up to Gregory when Gregory was in the bed after he had been stabbed 
she was the one who said, we'll get rid of them for you. And in return, you'll give us half of what you have now, like as down payment or something to that effect. Right. But she put that in motion. Right. Because the, you know? the savings never would have known who they were because they were off in Alexandria in their own world. So he wouldn't have come across them. I mean, he may have yeah. eventually at some point, you know. I mean, yeah, because that because Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham came across one of his groups who tried to, you know, take their stuff, the stuff that they had just scavenged. Mm-hmm. He, they tried to take it and they threatened to kill one of them. And so Daryl blew them up. Okay, yeah, that was kind of warranted. But at the same time, that would have put them on Negan's radar too. But Again, Daryl's whole thing that was in self defense because they were being threatened. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, Negan is the bad guy because he killed one of ours, but they did some wrong too in that they kind of contributed to that a lot. And one of the things that you said when we discussed this was, yeah, we feel it more because Glenn and Abraham were personal for us. Because those are the people that we have been following. Those are the people that we have gotten to know, that we've seen who they are as people, how they relate to our group, and they became important to us. Had the show been flipped, if we had been watching things from Negan's point of view or from the Savior's point of view, Mm -hmm. how would we have felt? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Again, yeah, we yes, we'd be, we be pissed at Rick's group. Yeah, but I mean, yes, the nature of Glenn's death was very brutal. Yes, Negan's callousness about it was very brutal. And we see in the Here's Negan episode, he went through something almost similar where he was captured, he was tortured. The people who tortured him, they basically kept him from getting the chemotherapy medicine back to his wife, Lucille. And she ended up killing herself because she didn't know when he was coming back. So this kind of triggered that change in him. And yes, he has in turn become the person that was once on the other side of him. But it's just mm-hmm. this whole conflict between Maggie and Negan it does make you question morality a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because again, if we look at some of the other things, okay, so the Saviors and Rick's group, they have been going back and forth. Rick's group has killed some of the Saviors. The Saviors has killed some of Rick's group or some of the other, you know, people from the other groups. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of one of those things where you look at certain things like Rick killing the dad that was in, in the savior's group and then taking Gracie and, you know, bringing her to Alexandria. It's kind of like, okay, if we were looking at it from the savior's point of view, was Rick right in that, you know, killing Morales without giving him a chance to explain or giving him a chance to say, Hey, you can come back with us or whatever, which is what Rick was trying to do. Now, I don't think Morales would have gone because again, what we do know of Negan's group and the saviors, once you're in, you can't leave. Like you're literally working off whatever it is that they've done for you, helped you, whatever. It was kind of the same thing with the hospital where Beth was. That same thing. We're looking at them and what they're doing from the point of view of what we know what our group has had to go through. But if we were watching the hospital group from the beginning and seeing exactly what it was that they were doing to try to keep people alive, to try to keep things going Mm -hmm. so they were safe. Would we feel the same way? 
So this, this right. whole conflict kind of caused that into question. And I'm not saying that Maggie is wrong for feeling the way she does. If I had to sit there and watch my husband being beat to death with a baseball bat, yes, I would be pretty angry. I don't think I don't think Megan would still be alive. Truth be told, you know, Matt. But again, like Maggie said, that woman who you knew from six years ago, the one who left you in that cell to watch, she's gone. This Maggie would have gotten those keys from Michonne, gone in there and killed Negan and probably walked out with without a second thought. Right. But I will say this, too. I do feel like I do understand Negan's point of view in this episode. It's kind of like, okay, we have this tension between us. We're not ever going to be friends. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to redeem myself to her, even if I want to. And I don't even know if Negan wants to do that at this point. But at this point, I do know that he just kind of wants to be left alone. He wants to be able to live in peace to just live or whatever. Okay, we know that there is some good in him. He did save the group, maybe not out of the goodness of his heart, but out of necessity, because if this is a place that he has to live, he has to be able to feel safe, too. Okay, we do know that he has genuine, genuine affection for Judith. If anything, Judith may be the thing that redeems him. I don't know if that's going to be what happens. I don't know if that's in the cards, but we do know that at least that is genuine. I've, I feel that 100%. I do feel like his affection for Carl was genuine. You know, if Carl had lived, right. maybe things would have. Well, yeah. But those would be, remember, he was a high school teacher. So he had, to, being a teacher, you got to have something for kids. Right. Like, of course, we all think the parents are dumb as hell, but the kids, you know, is what he, he would have a natural affliction to be nice to them and to be you know a a protector of children Mm -hmm. because he was a teacher right so so that i get so his relationship with carl with judith 100 Mm -hmm. genuine Mm -hmm. because that's just who he was right he was a teacher you know he treated his wife like crap adult you know he treated other people like crap adults but the kids you know he he even though you don't see it, you think you see it, he's more of a nurturer for children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Even though knowing how he is for adults, is that the kind of influence you want on your kids? But you know what I'm saying? He he has that because he was a damn teacher. Yeah. But at this point, I do feel like, okay, if we have to live together, this needs to be resolved. And if that means that you kill me, then just do it and get it over with. At this point, I'm, I'm kind of like, we've seen that there are bigger and badder things than Negan and the Saviors. Maggie, like I said before, Maggie left because she didn't want to, you know, a- as she says, what she was feeling being in the same space as Negan or being in the same area as Negan it was consuming her and she didn't want that for her son. So she left, which is understandable. But mm-hmm. the other thing too is you left and a whole bunch of shit went down. Yeah. Communities got destroyed. The people who were the closest to you, who always had your back, died and you weren't there. Jesus right. was killed by the whisperers. 
Tara was killed by the whispers. Enid was killed by the whispers. Those were your, your biggest people closest to you. And you left so that you can deal with your shit. Again, understandable. But like she said with Daryl, she got to a point where she was keeping in touch with them for a while and then she stopped. Right. And so whatever had to happen while you were gone to make sure that everybody else survived, including Carol recruiting Megan to infiltrate the Whisperers to gain Alpha's confidence in order to kill her and to weaken them. All of that stuff had to happen without Megan because she wasn't there. Now, would it have changed if she was there? Things might've been a little bit different, but there's no way we'll ever know that. I mean, think about it. A lot of things could have been different if Maggie had been there. Maybe Michonne would still be there. Maybe Michonne wouldn't have had to go out on her own or kind of, you know, isolate herself from the groups. Or if Maggie had been there, maybe she wouldn't have been isolated from the groups for so long as far as keeping Alexandria away from each other. I mean, I'm not saying any of this is Maggie's fault. I'm just saying we have to look at, it's kind of like, you know, we cover the Marvel shows on this podcast and, you know, we're talking about alternate realities Mm -hmm. and and things that happen to change perspectives and change things. Mm I mean, there, there's so many things that, that could have happened differently if certain things hadn't been done. Would Negan and the Saviors have been a threat to the group if they hadn't killed the people in the outpost, right. you know, right. or if they had just let Jesus take the truck, you know, Rick and, um, <laughs> you know? that was fucking hilarious. It was, but if they had just let Jesus take the truck and he'd have taken that back to his community, they would still be isolated and alone. You know, they wouldn't have known that there were other communities out there that they could become friends with or trade with. Maybe Negan would have found them first and they would have been pulled into the same thing anyway. I mean, we have no way of knowing. But at this point, if Maggie is going to be in Alexandria and Negan is going to be in Alexandria, they need to figure this shit out quickly. Now, I don't know how that's going to happen, given what happened at the end of the episode. but. Yeah, it's it's just to this point where now you, you've made these threats and you've said your piece. So everybody knows how you feel about her. Everybody knows how you feel about him. So mm-hmm. now moving forward, you're on this very dangerous mission. You're trying to go and reclaim your home. And you've mm-hmm. already kind of split the group as far as who feels what, because you've put everybody on edge now. Right. The young mm-hmm. guy who got attacked and then the, one of the older guys who was there, they've already defected. They've left the group because they, they were the like, yeah, on. we're not doing this. <laughs> and not only got the hell on, they got the hell on with all their supplies, well, all their rations, <laughs> everything. So now because of you, and I, I was going to say your pettiness, but it's not pettiness, but because you can't, you haven't <laughs> resolved things. Yeah, because you haven't resolved things for yourself, you're holding on to all of this anger and you're making decisions and putting plans into place based on this anger. Now you've put your whole group at risk. Yeah. And that's not going to work out for anyone. And not only that, now we see what happens. So as they're walking through this tunnel, they realize there is a subway car that is blocking and it's blocked on both sides because 
the ground or, you know, the, um, the ceiling gave way. So now there's rocks on either side. Mm-hmm. They're having to try to get away from a herd that has made its way into the subway tunnel. Just like Negan said, they have to climb up over to the top of this subway car to try to get inside because the door is stuck. <laughs> Everybody's going up and then it's just Negan and Maggie and Negan goes up first. Then Maggie goes up. She doesn't quite have the strength or she keeps uh, her fingers are slipping or whatever the case. She can't get to the top. No, of remember the, the walker was grabbing her foot. She kept trying to kick him. Well, off. she couldn't get up there at first. I mean, that's why the walker was able to grab her because she couldn't she couldn't get a grip to get up there. And Negan is here at the top and he's just looking at her. And as she realizes, like like you said, the walkers keep grabbing her. Now she's kicking them off but she can't get a firm grip on the top of this car to pull herself up. And she looks at him and she screams his name, Megan. And he looks at her like the nerve. I mean, that was the look he gave her. Like you have the nerve to call and ask for me, me for help. Like then you just, <laughs> and he disappears. Girl. Right. My face. And he disappears. Flow like, Oh my God. I honestly did not think he was going to leave her, but I ain't mad that he. Le- I mean, I ain't, I ain't mad in the sense of I would have left your ass too. Like you ain't. Like, yeah, you ain't, if it you, were me, you just had gave this grand speech on why you ain't doing and why you ain't gonna kill me now and what I should do and now you need my. Help. That that's uh, that's always how it is though. Something happens. But the funny thing about it was. So, of course, after he leaves, the last shot we see of the episode is her hand slipping off. So we don't know if she fell. We, I mean, right now, we don't know what happened to her. I'm assuming that she's alive because I've seen promo clips from the season that we have, did not see in this first episode. So, yes, of course, she's she's alive. But it does beg the question, like, like I said, Casey and I went to Nick and Norman's to watch the episode. And a lot of the people who were there don't have amc plus so they hadn't seen the episode yet so that was the first time they were seeing it and when he moved away from her after she called his name half the <laughs> restaurant went <laughs> i was like are y'all really surprised that he didn't help her up like i know the expectation probably was oh well he could have helped her up then and that would have shown her that he has changed <laughs> or he's trying and i'm like this is not who negan is Negan is not the type of person who feels like he has to prove himself to anyone. And you just threatened me in front of your whole group with your beach ball sized lady nuts, as he would say. And why would I help you? And then all your little buddies nudging me, you know, going back. Nah. Like everybody didn't make it a secret that they don't care for him. They didn't make it a secret that if he dies down there in that tunnel, they right. wouldn't be bothered. It wouldn't bother them in the slightest. So why would he help her? Now, do I think he should have helped her? Hell yes. This is Maggie we're talking about. But again, he's not wrong, he's not wrong for not helping. Because if it were me, I wouldn't help you. If I was in his place and she had just threatened me and held a gun to my head talking about try me, please. Like, bitch, come on. And now I'm in a position of safety and you want me to help you. I probably would have left her too, which is, you know, I mean, (sighs) it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. 
but I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they're, and I don't want to use relationship. That's not the right word. It's going to be interesting to see how their situation plays out. Their dynamic. Yeah. Their dynamic plays out over the course of the season, because there has to be some kind of resolution. If they are planning to help rebuild Alexandria and we see that both of them are committed You know, Maggie has been out on missions trying to help get food and she's on this mission now trying to get food and resources. Negan has been there like pretty much every shot that we've seen of Negan in the back half of Tennessee once Maggie came back. And even in this episode, Negan has been helping to build. He has been helping to like, you know, gather the supplies when they bring them in and I guess inventory, whatever the case may be, but he's doing his share. He's, he's staying mm-hmm. from what we can tell, he's staying out of everybody's way. He's not being out there. He's not being the arrogant person that we know he can be. He's not like in everybody's faces, like, yeah, I'm still here, blah, blah, blah. He's just like, I just want to be left alone. I just want to contribute what I need to contribute so that I can live my life and be done. But it's like, it's like those, okay, so we know he spent years and years and years in jail. And it's like, I mean, it's kind of like real life in a little, in some sense, because you have men who have, women too, who have done crime and they did their time. And then Mm -hmm. they get out and they try to, you know, be better people. Right. And this is kind of that. He's trying to be a better person. He knows what he did is wrong. He knows he fucked up. But he's trying to be a better person. And it's always like, you know, how how when somebody is convicted and the family give their impact statement, like, I'll never forgive you. You know, it would be mm-hmm. me if somebody killed my brother or my, you know, my husband or my wife. or I would never forgive you. To, mm-hmm. And then to have that person do day time and be free and you got to look at this person all the time mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's kind of like that yeah where to everybody else you paid your dues and your restitution and now you're trying to become this better person in society but to the person that you did the crime against there is no coming back for that from right. that for them mm-hmm. like so it did he could he could have rebuilt alexandra by himself you know and it still wouldn't be good enough for what you took from her so right. she's always going to have that no matter what even if the rest of the town forgave him and she was the only one you know who was like you know you killed my husband basically you know so it he he kind of is always going to have that with her even if they get past this particular you know event it's always always going to be there because that's that's how not everybody is forgiving or as mm-hmm. forgiving as someone else would be in the same situation because if it was me i wouldn't forgive your ass either you know mm-hmm. even you done even though you you know you done it's been years I've been gone and you've made changes, blah, 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 blah. Nah, I don't care what you did. I still hate you. I still want to see you dead. And I still going to bring you down into a tunnel with, you know, with all my <laughs> friends. And you might not make it back, you yeah. know. So it's like, I, I get it. I get it. And we are, as viewers, 
you know, we we had like we are doing now, get to have this debate on it because we're not in the situation. But we right. know in real life, if somebody hurt, you know, somebody in that you love and and is close to, we don't care if the world at, at its end, I'm gonna hate your ass till then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it's just that juxtaposition of him trying to redeem himself to everybody else but to the one person there is no redemption for you period and i'm gonna be honest i don't even think megan's goal is redemption i don't think that he's in that headspace of wanting to say oh i'm a better person i'm a different person i've learned i don't i don't know that he has any regrets about killing glenn Mm-hmm. I he probably doesn't mm-hmm. he maybe he does I don't know but I don't think redemption is actually his goal I really think that he's just to the point where he's like if I'm gonna live I just want to be safe and I just want to be left alone period mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now that I see too but in the small ass town of Alexandria it's not like in Chicago, you can live on one side, you can live on one. No, we in this little ass community and we right. have each other and we have mm-hmm. to coexist because I'm not getting back in the cage. That's true. I, he he earned his freedom, basically, by way of freedom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I, I do agree with that. Like, we may never forgive him. He may never earn that forgiveness, but I do think he earned at least a little bit of peace. You know, just like, okay, you know what? I know I'm a horrible person. I did terrible things. I know that this one thing I did is not going to erase all that, but I'm just saying, just leave me alone. Right. I mean, I let me live in my little hood by myself. Right. But I guess we'll see how that goes next week. Cause, um, like I said, I don't think Maggie is dead. Of course not. I, you know, I think she probably, she probably would have gotten some help because. One thing that did happen, um, Dog was with them and he ran off. Daryl crawled under the train car to try to get to him. Mm-hmm. So he may have heard Maggie be in trouble. Maybe he was there to help her or whatever. We'll see next week. We're going um, to have an under the dumpster with Maggie. <laughs> right. That's what I thought, too, because I was like, yeah, she's going to be up under that train uh-huh. car. Like she probably slipped up under there because other than that, I mean, there were a lot of walkers. The door was stuck. There really is no other way for her to get away except to go up under. Right. So, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I'm, you know, I'm just waiting to see what that confrontation is going to be like. Oh, it's be so good. Because we know everybody's going to be pissed off at Negan once they realize, oh, wait, Negan is here, but Maggie that- is not. After she mm-hmm. just made that speech, like, did you, did you push her into the walkers? Did you kill her? Did there's going to be some questions, but when Maggie resurfaces and her and Negan are face to face again, there's going to be a reckoning and there's going to be a confrontation, but I don't think it's going to be the kind of confrontation where she's going to be pissed off at him or whatever for leaving her. I think it's one of those things where it's going to be like, okay, you know what? If I'm not going to kill him, I have to figure out a way to exist with him because Mm. again, she's angry And she's letting that take up space in her head and she's not making the best decisions because of that. That's going to put her in danger. And I know that she does not want to leave Herschel an orphan. So she's going to have to figure out, okay, either I'm going to kill him or I got to figure out how to 
deal with this or I have to leave. And right now, I don't think leaving is an option for her. Because where would she go? Right. She barely got away from the Reapers last time. Right. And now that we know that the Reapers are, they got to be somewhere close. So that means that now you've left them to Alexandria's door if they are coming after you. Because that one Reaper that they found in the woods, I forgot what it was he said to her, but he was like, yeah, such and such is waiting for you or be looking for you or something. Yeah. But, you know, he made it seem like they knew who Maggie was. They had some kind of history with her. Yeah. So now you being in Alexandria kind of puts that. You putting everybody in danger. Right. So I guess we'll see. Yes, we will. And I can't wait. (laughs) I know it. So let's mosey back on over to the Commonwealth. Oh, yeah, we we spent so much time on the Maggie thing. Yeah, which I I figured because the Maggie and Negan thing has been years brewing. So the fact that they're back in each other's vicinity and having to deal with each other, that's a lot to unpack. So, but the Commonwealth. So we get a glimpse of our four prisoners, Ezekiel, Yumiko, Eugene, and Princess, and they're being led into these rooms where there are like some examiners. It's like they're being detained and questioned. And let me tell you, these Commonwealth people, they're interesting, but at the same time, I already don't like them, but I like them. And I say that because I don't like them because I don't like their methods. Like the questions that they are asking, they're asking questions that would have some relevance in this world. But like 10 years removed from the start of a zombie apocalypse, what does it matter what my mother did for work? What does it matter what kind of job I had? What does it matter how, okay, what does it matter how many times a day I have a bowel movement and what I used to wipe with? And what I used to wipe with? When she asked that question, Yumiko was like, what? And what do you wipe with? And Ezekiel was like, pass. Like, I'm not answering that for you. What y'all think we uh, know- went to Walmart and got <laughs> Well, you know, they were probably trying to figure out if they were in a community because they kept asking, you know, where is your s- settlement located? So... You know, if they're on the run, if they're going from just place to place, living off the land, of of course, they're not using the bathroom and running toilets and all this other stuff. But if they actually using toilet tissue to wipe with 10 years after, oh, that means that you might have some resource we might need or we might, you know, whatever. But I'm kind of wondering if the Commonwealth and the CRM have anything to do with each other. Mm. But one thing that I did read is that they did say that the Commonwealth has about 50,000 people in it. So I'm like, wait, what? Wow. So I guess whatever they're doing is working and they are being cautious about whoever's coming in. And like Eugene said, Stephanie, who he had been talking to over the radio, she did say, well, my people are kind of cautious. So I understand that, but it's just some of the methods that they're using. It's kind of like psychological torture. Like you questioning them over a seven hour period, you're asking them the same questions, like trying to see if they're going to slip up or if they're going to give a different answer. And 
Mercer standing there. Mercer is the guard in the pumpkin <laughs> the pumpkin space suit, as Ezekiel said. <laughs> He's standing there, and I don't know what the deal is with Mercer yet. Um, again, I have not read the comics, and I stay away from spoilers. I know a lot of people who are comic fans of The Walking Dead are hella excited about Mercer being in the series. So I don't know if that means that he's a good excited or if they're, it, it's a bad excited. But as they're questioning Ezekiel, he's like, yeah, I ain't doing this no more. And he turns to look at Mercer and the conversation that he has with him is a little bit muted in tones, but I know what the implication was that he was saying. He was like, you sitting here doing this song and dance for these white people, because of course the two people who were interviewing him were white and the kinds of questions they were asking, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this. Ezekiel was like, nope. Not at all. He was like, oh, so are you supposed to be the person in charge? You just standing there all big and bad, not saying anything while they ask these dumbass questions. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was kind of scared there for a minute because I thought that they were going to attack Ezekiel or something. Did you? But then I did. When he was questioning Mercer and he was like, what, do you think I'm supposed to be scared of you? And Mercer was like, you look scared. And Ezekiel was like, I ain't scared of you. I was like, <laughs> Like I, I was expecting a fight to break out. I was expecting him to have his knuckles uh tapped or something. But what worried me was, and I don't know if it was just because they had been talking for so long and his throat was dry, but of course, we all know that Ezekiel probably has cancer. And as he's sitting there being big and bad in front of Mercer. He starts to cough uncontrollably. And the other two people, they're just still sitting there writing in their tablets or whatever. And he starts coughing up blood. And I'm sitting there like, if y'all kill Ezekiel in this, like, if they kill him, I'm gonna be pissed. I know it's The Walking Dead. I know that we are probably going to lose a good number of people that we love on this show in this final season. I just have a feeling it's coming. Yeah. I do not want one of those people to be Ezekiel. Right. I don't. And I feel like, but, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't know what to think with this show because they make weird decisions as far as how they kill people off and when and why, like you kill off Carl because he saves Sadiq. And then not even a se- a season and a half later, Sadiq, Sadiq is murdered. So I'm like, what was the whole point of Carl dying just for Sadiq to die? Which I guess zombie apocalypse, nothing makes sense. But still, Ezekiel in the comics, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the people whose head was on a pike. Was on a pike. Because of Alpha. Now they spared him from that fate. Did they spare him from that fate just to kill him in the Commonwealth or kill him? I'm just, I don't, I don't want him to die. But at the same time, it would be really weird for me if Ezekiel survives all of this. He survives the saviors. He survives the whisperers. He survives all of this just to die from cancer. That would be some that the Commonwealth better have some doctors. Off. Like, all, the Commonwealth better have the best doctors. To, I, I think they do. Lawyers, but hey. 
I mean, it, you have 50,000 people. Absolutely. You have to have some good doctors because in this day and age where, where medicine is very hard to come by and there's no technology to run machines and x-rays and MRIs and chemo machines and all this other stuff. Yeah, you better have some damn good doctors. Okay. So just fix Ezekiel and send him on his way, please. <laughs> That's all we have. I'm not asking too much. Right. But again, they're being questioned. They've all come up with this. Um, I guess they've come up with a story where they're basically telling them that they don't have a settlement, that they've just been traveling, wandering, and that they bumped into Princess, picked her up, brought her along for the ride, that they found a town that had a working radio, and that was how Eugene was able to get in touch with Stephanie. So they're giving them all of this stuff, and it's funny because they're sitting there at the table, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to get away. And Princess is being Princess. And she's just kind of like smiling off to the side. And Yumiko is like, what are you smiling at? And she starts talking about these two guards and how they like have been having sex and they're jonesing for each other. And she's like, yeah, such and such is the tall dude and blank blank is the little one. And they've been seeing each other and blah, blah, blah. And they like each other and they've been flirting with each other and stuff and da, 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 da. And they're looking at her like, how are you picking up all of this? She said, oh, you know, I kind of remember things about people and I heard some stuff when we were on the car on the way over. And she starts talking about like, okay, this guard is doing this and this guard smokes the cigarettes and he doesn't like this other guard. She was like, yeah. And the two guards that are flirting with each other, they're actually having sex with each other. They don't want nobody to know, but you know, they go on their break and such and such leaves. And then three minutes later, the other one leaves and they're usually gone for about an hour. She said, I, I expect that most of that time is them taking off their armor. And the other three look at her like, say what and she's like huh oh oh and it's kind of like one of those oh they're taking off their armor so if we figure out where they're going to have sex we can snatch this Mm -hmm. armor and we can try to escape and so that's actually what they end up doing because the next scene that we see is princess and ezekiel being led into the corridors where the Commonwealth people are questioning some of the other people they've taken them through, quote unquote, reprocessing, which seems to be scary and a little bit of a mind fuck because one guy thinks he's only been there for four months and his girlfriend is like, no, we've been here for nine months. Don't you remember? He was like, oh, I'm sorry, the reprocessing, it it messes with my head. And then somebody else gets dragged out and he's scared. He's like, holding on to the table he's like no no what did i do what did i do and they're like he's like where are you taking me reprocessing and they're looking like oh yeah it's time to go because eugene is like no our friends need help because again we have to remember they have no idea what's going on back home so they don't even know the alpha is dead and that the whisperer whore is gone they still think that their friends are in trouble. So Eugene is like trying to plead with them. Yo, we just got to stay for a little bit longer. We got to figure out what's going on. We, we got to get some help for our friends. And then after they see that, Eugene's like, yeah, yeah, we need to go. So we see them in the guard <laughs> armor and they get ready to go out the door and they find a way clear. And then that's when they come up to that wall of the lost. And as they're looking at it, they're seeing these different pictures and stuff. And the three of them are about to go and Princess is still looking at the wall and she was like, Yumiko. And Yumiko is like, no, we got to go. She's like, yo, is this you? 
And Yumiko comes over and that's when she sees the piece of paper and it's, it says, has anyone seen my sister Miko? And it's signed by somebody named Tommy. And there's a picture above it. And it's a picture of Yumiko. Like, I didn't even recognize it because she has makeup on. You know, she's, it, you know, it was taken, of course, before. Right. And with the baying. And she's looking at this picture. <laughs> And she can't say anything because she's like, oh, my God, this is me. And she she touches the paper and Ezekiel is like, come on, y'all, we have to go. And, and Yumiko is like, I'm sorry, I have to stay. <laughs> right. Because at this point, there are a couple of things. One, they're probably going to get in trouble for trying to escape. But Yumiko's name is on this wall where it says you know, process for immediate admittance. So if that's the case and and her brother, sister, like I said, the name is Tommy, T-O-M-I. I'm thinking that's probably a girl, but it could be a guy as well. Um, especially considering she's Asian, it, it could be, you know, either one. But if her name is on this wall, there's a good chance that her sibling is in the Commonwealth. So she may actually be able to connect with somebody from her family, which doesn't happen very often in this series at all. I've only seen it. I've only seen it once. And that was in Fear the Walking Dead, the most recent season. So it's just kind of like now they, what are they going to do? They can't leave. Because they're not going to leave Yumiko behind. And at this point, Yumiko has, she has a sign that somebody from her actual family, her blood family, has made it this whole time and is safe and is looking, for, looking her. for her. She's not going to leave knowing that. Because especially if they leave under the circumstances that they're yeah. trying to leave now, she will never be able to get back in. So... That's going to be yeah. interesting as well, too. Like, wh what do you do? So I, I don't know, because, again, you you took two. I, I guess those two guards have been outed now because they don't have <laughs> they don't have their armor. They've been out sneaking off having sex. And then how do you get back? That's going to be another one. Like, remember when um, it was the episode when they were in the train car and Princess mm -hmm. beat up that guy? Mm -hmm. how, how do you come back from that? <laughs> remember he put his shit back on it was beating right. him up up under there but I mean whew, I I don't know much about the commonwealth so I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but I will say after watching the world beyond and seeing what the CRM is capable of it's going to be interesting to try to figure out okay mm -hmm. is the commonwealth good is the commonwealth bad because even with the CRM We've seen some of the sinister sides of them, but we also know that they have a community of over 200,000 and apparently they're doing something good right. to have all of those people and they're trying to fix things for the future. You know, um, I know you're not caught up with Fear the Walking Dead yet, but the CRM is also referenced in that show. I think in like seasons four and five, and we actually get to meet someone from that group. Okay. So you get to find out a little bit more about them. 
but they're still largely a mystery. Like, are you guys good? Are you guys bad? Are you guys doing bad in order to do the good? Like sometimes you may have to do something a little suspect in order to meet a bigger goal or, you know, you have to, I don't know, you may have to kill one person to save a thousand. Does that necessarily make you a bad person? You know, it's just, again, a lot of moral gray area with this show and with these groups. So it's just one of those things that I, I, I'm curious about, especially with this Commonwealth, are they going to be friend or foe? How is this going to end? Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we, we still, the one good thing we, we are in the very beginning of the season. I mean, Mm -hmm. granted we, we don't, we, you know, we only have a little time, but my hope will be that, you know, they'll answer a lot of these like unanswered questions. I know there'll be some that they won't answer because they'll probably carry over into some of the other shows, but it's still the hope that we'll at least, you know, they won't leave everything as a cliffhanger. Everything, you know, they we'll get better some not. answer. I would they be better so not. pissed. I, I know that you, because you know, we got the Daryl and Carol spinoff. We got some other spinoffs supposed to be happening. And they'll probably want to keep some of that stuff, you know, to, to kind of, move the storyline along so to speak um but i i I just hope they don't leave you know just to where like i was saying like where because we know there's movies we know there's spinoffs we know there's all this but we still have to wrap up our group our core group our beginning group so we have to in some way like we know the zombie apocalypse won't end. So it, it, my my imagining is that the last episode, you know, the last scene will be them, you know, Alexandria all fixed up and them kind of just panning out of a community, you know, within itself thriving. So that's my thought. Probably won't end like that, but that would be because that would be the best way to end it knowing that everybody else is safe and then we have our you know our splinters where we're having our groups i mean our um our spinoffs and our our movies but we know that our core group you know is safe within those walls but that's just my thought you know it might not probably never happen but yeah i i i think um i think happily ever after is probably not in the cards (laughs) but um I, I just want happy endings for, I mean, I don't even know if I want to say happy at this point. I do know I need to see Rick and Michonne before this series ends. I need Rick, yeah. I need Rick to lay eyes on his daughter and his son. I need him to know he got a son. That's it. I just, and you know, I've been... I've been interacting with other Walking Dead fans on Twitter. And one of the comments that came up earlier today was, if Carl was alive when Rick disappeared, what would he have done? And I said that I think he would have been torn because he would have wanted to go with Daryl to look for him. But at the same time, he would have wanted to stay back and protect Michonne and Judith and eventually RJ. And then that made me think, I was like, you know what? I'm so mad at the fact that RJ and Judith were robbed of having a relationship with Carl. Because remember, Carl didn't die in the comics. He actually became one of the leaders. Right. And I just, 
it just still makes me so mad that they killed his character off and that we can't see Carl and Ju. Can you imagine seeing both of them on the screen together being badass? That'd be like, badass. Yeah. I'm so mad we didn't get to see that, but that I at least so need good. Judith to have a happy ending. I need her to be reunited with her parents. I need her Uncle Daryl to be. I, I just want to see Daryl and Rick reunite. Girl, but wait. Now you know. I just need to see that because remember they had that big fight right before Rick died. You know, they had yeah. that big fight where because Maggie was trying to go and kill again. Here we go. Maggie was trying to go and kill Negan. Daryl was used as the decoy for Rick. They ended up in that uh hole. They fought. Yeah. Then there was the herd. They separated so that they could try to get the herd away from Alexandria. Rick gets hurt and then he supposedly dies. So, you know, that's got to weigh on Daryl too. But again, that was another Maggie. <laughs> you know, it's just, oh, oh. Say what so many things. Right. That was even before all of this, but that, because that was when she went to try to go kill Negan and Negan was like, just kill me already. Just kill me. I think he's, you know, it, uh, I just, I, I need to see Daryl and Rick reunite. I need to see Michelle come back. Beyond that, I don't know that I have anything that I absolutely want. I don't want Rosita to die because she needs to stay alive and raise Coco, but something, I don't know. She's one of the characters I'm kind of like, I don't know if she's going to make it through the whole season. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? You know, because we 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 have so many or or we're so into the Marvel universe, there could be a multiverse where the you know they they do other stories of what could have happened. It could be a what if the walking dead. You know what? It could don't tease me like that. Mm -mm. It could happen. It would be that would be that would be so that would be too emotional for me because like I know that there were some um there were some rumors about some anthologies that were supposed to happen and that we might get some backstories on some former characters, like characters that were brought back. I remember that being um, a rumor at some point. I don't know if they're still going to do that, but I know I heard Tyrese's name thrown around and I was like, I would love to see those stories, like just get some backstory. But at the same time, I'm like, I, that would be too much for me. It, it it would be too much because then I'd be like, we need to have this character. We we need to have these characters back, and I I don't know. I think I'm just to the point where I don't know. I want new content, but I don't I don't know if I would want to go back and revisit the old characters at this point now, especially since we're at the end, yeah. because that would make me say, see, this is what we could have had. This is what could have right. been done. That sort of thing. You know, I think if they were going to do it, they should have done it before the start of this season. Like, you know, they gave us the Walking Dead origin series before the start of this season. And I only watched the Daryl one and the Maggie one. I haven't watched the Negan and Carol ones yet because I was, I have to say I was a little bit disappointed because I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting just a character recap. And that's basically what it was. It was a character recap from season one all the way through now told in 
their portrayers voices you know told in their words but it's basically it was this like we one of us or another walking dead fan who has been with the show since like the beginning or whoever's a hardcore daryl fan or a maggie fan it could have easily been a fan series right like that's basically all it was was them telling us about what their character has been through since the we show know. I was like i thought we were gonna get i mean because the the name of the series is the walking dead origins i thought we were gonna get origin stories so i was kind of like oh okay i could have went on youtube and done this you know right. so i don't know at, at, at this point i'm just interested to see where they're gonna go in these 24 episodes i want to know if they're going to tie all three series together, because I think at this point, especially with the fact that this show, okay, so Walking Dead, August 22nd, which we're recording this a few days early, but the season officially begins August 22nd. We have, I can't remember if it's Fear coming back first or World Beyond coming back first, but one of them is coming back the first week of October. And then the third show follows two weeks later so this would be the first time that all three shows are on the air at the same time all three shows have dealt with the crm in some fashion you can't tell me there's not going to be some kind of crossover between these shows or some kind of merging of these shows i know what the powers that be say that no we may not get it that's bullshit I think it's bullshit. I think it's just them saying what they need to say. You can't tell me that you're talking about the CRM in all three of these shows. And there's no way that these characters either meet or that there's not some kind of resolution in one show that impacts all three shows. You just, I I just don't believe that. So I'm hoping we get a little bit of that in this season as well. But like I said, we have a long way to go. We have 24 episodes i believe we will be getting new walking dead episodes all the way through the summer of 2022 which is amazing to me i'm here for it i think you and i are going to be going to nick and norman's several times during this final season a lot yeah yeah so we're hoping to bump into some of the stars too there but um Dragon Con is coming up and we've got some Walking Dead people coming to Dragon Con, which I'm excited about. We're getting uh, Ross Marquand, who is Aaron, Nadia Hilker, who is Magna, Dan Fogler, who plays Luke. Um, Who else is coming? Zach McGowan, who was Justin. He was the savior who was the asshole during that whole Rick's final season. He was the one that got killed when Oceanside was picking off the saviors. Huh? Yeah. So he was Justin. Sonequa Martin-Green is coming, but I think she's coming with Star Trek Discovery people. But hopefully, I mean, she's still she's still walking dead family. So I'm calling her walking dead family. Okay. She's there with walking dead so I'm excited for Dragon Con and getting the chance to meet all of them. So we are going to have a busy year with The Walking Dead. Casey is finally getting caught up on Fear of the Walking Dead. So by the time the new season comes up, she should be ready to discuss. Yes. We will be covering the world beyond as we have. 
We have found out about some local events for The Walking Dead. I know that there's a pandemic convention coming uh, next month that I may try to get to, depending on how tired I am from Dragon Con. There's something else that we found out that happens in October. May, so we may be trying to do that too. The in October, the camp. Yes, in October. Yes, you're right. So there's another event happening in October that we found out about that we're going to try to get to. So we're going to try to do a little bit more with The Walking Dead on the podcast and um, try to savor this last season of this (laughs) flagship show. And then, you know, like we said, we're going to continue covering the rest of The Walking Dead universe. But for now, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can also find the Phantom Hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.